Dreaming as an act of rebellion, Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. Thank you so much for being with me on this Lisa Lacasio Cozy Zone journey. This, of course, is episode 50, Lisa Lacasio in the altar room, side E. And this is the moment where Lisa and I devise our project for the Cozy Zone Foundation. Um, we devise a project called Redwood Homeschool slash Desert Homeschool, uh, which is modeled after the Scandinavian high school model in which artists gather in an educational facility in a beautiful climate in the redwoods or in the desert and learn about art forms that are different from their their primary art form. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking about this this thought experiment that I ask my Cozy Zone guests to do, to imagine we have unlimited funds to devise some sort of artistic project. And, and it, it really, uh, you know, of course, I, I've been doing it for, for 50 times now, you know. And 
I, I get a lot out of it. It it feels very powerful. It feels like, as I as I mentioned in the first few words, an act of rebellion. Imagining a world where abundance is the norm, as opposed to scarcity and fear, that that's a that's a big deal. And I'd like to invite all of you, all of the listeners, to to view the world in this way, like to imagine, well, what if and why not? You know, it certainly uh, is easier for me sitting in my my privileged position. You know, I have been surrounded by love. I've been surrounded by resources. And therefore, I have the the strength, the courage to, to dream and to think as if. But I, I think that many forces in our society try to make us believe that there is nothing that we are we are we are lacking there is not enough that we don't have the resources that we are not enough and i i don't agree with this and i i don't want to live my life in this way so if you are an artist please dig deep within your creative practice and and find the abundance within and if you're not an artist if you're someone who doesn't identify as an artist i I urge you to think about your own creative power, the things that you offer, that to look at your life as a series of, of gifts, because I, I would guess that you give a lot of gifts to the world on a daily basis, uh, and I want to I express my gratitude for that, and I want to invite you to, to view the world with a bit more abundance. Friends, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please enjoy Side E of Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber, Lisa Lacasio, in the altar room. I uh, always think of you as sort of a consummate artist. Uh, I think the thing that inspires me most is how not only you have such a command with language um, to sort of express any any sliver of experience in a very delicious, rich way. Thank you. But you have a courage to bring the most vulnerable part of yourself into focus and to be nestled within the language that you uh, so deftly command. Um, So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. On the record. Thank you very much. Um, I love reading your work. I can't wait to continue to read it. Um, well, this I think is the moment of our of our zone where I I tell you that mm-hmm. I Ben Weber am a an ambassador of the Cozy Zone Foundation, which is a illustrious foundation which gives artists unlimited funds to create collaborative projects. Yes. So you and I are here to make some Cozy Zone Foundation magic. Well, you know, there's a... uh, Take off my glasses because it's going to get real. Mm -hmm. There's an idea or an ideology that I've learned about through my acquaintance with Danish culture called a high school. In Danish, it's the Folke School. Um, And a high school is a year, I believe, of education that you can have at any point in your life. And it's purposefully, not amateur, but it's not vocational training. It's like, you're supposed to go do something that lets your heart and mind run free. Hmm. So like photography, or sculpture, or dance, but you're not gonna be 
a photographer or a sculptor or a dancer. And people do them on gap years mm-hmm. between uh, gymnasium, which is high school preparation for university and, and university, or, or not, just other things in their lives. But you can also do them later. And one of the things I really admire about Danish culture is this idea of lifelong learning and also um, like that every person has a right to it. Like it's not a privilege. You have a right to pursue knowledge of the world and of yourself. And so the high school model is something I think about a lot because I would love to create a high school, a year, a curriculum, and you would be the perfect person to do it with. Mm. And I have some other people who would be good collaborators too because it takes a lot of people to make a school. Yeah. So, and where where would it be? Like, what do you... It would you... absolutely be in Mendocino County. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a brick and mortar place where you go yes. to study the discipline and in creative disciplines. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, when I was up there, my friend Jasper and I were talking about creating like a writing program mm-hmm. for for kids mm-hmm. or adults. Mm-hmm. And you know, I taught at the Mendocino Coast Writers Conference, but he told me about like a camp, mm-hmm. like a, a campus that could be a camp that could be the campus. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I picked that place isn't just because I love it; it's so beautiful. Yeah, and it is sublime and awe-inducing, which for me is something different from beauty. I mean, you feel, I feel a lot of fear in addition to joy when I see that landscape. It's so raw and it contains so much. It's the ocean and the cliffs and the rocks and the coastal prairie succulents. There are these succulents that grow in like networks on on the cliffs and redwoods. And so what I would want would be a year of experience. And I'm even thinking about the difference between an academic year and a year year. Hmm. And maybe a year year. I don't yeah. know. A year year. A gap a year. 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 Yeah. A, whole, a whole turn of seasons. Yeah. Maybe a fiscal year. Maybe it begins July 1st. Yeah. And ends June 30th. Yeah. So you're not like sort of pitted in like, oh God, it's like January to December is like, oh. Yeah. What a downer. Yeah, that is a downer. Yeah. From, from summer to summer. Yeah. And everybody... I mean, 18 and up, right? 21 and up, I don't know. I, I think there could be a version of this for younger people, but I think this is a pointedly adult experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be after college. Like, yeah. you have to, like, you're 22, you know, yeah. or, or some... You have to be, yeah, you have to be past certain developmental milestones. Yeah. And sure of yourself enough to do something that's going to dissemble all of that surety. And I want it to be everything. I mean, I want it, obviously, you know, if I was teaching it, if I was the leader, there would be a focus on self-writing and and writing away from the self. But I would want that curriculum to be underlaid with a lot of joy in the form of body joy. Mm. So movement mm-hmm. and dance mm. and... But not just dance. I mean, like, like physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. I dance a lot when I write. Mm. And it's very hard for me to dance in front of other people. But mm-hmm. it's very necessary for me to dance. I'm very grateful to my friend Kendra for breaking me of my fear of dancing in public mm. in Prague in 2008. Mm-hmm. But really, what I use that more for is for my work. I want people to feel connected to their bodies and to the earth. And so all of the arts, right? Music, dance... Can bring in my sister to teach some theater. Mm-hmm. You and her can fight it out on that one. You know, we would teach very different yeah, uh, theater classes. Or maybe she can teach some movement. She knows like dance, sure, dance direction. So tell me, is, is each is it does each person take like a 
a cycle? Like, is it a predetermined course load? Do they get to choose? Are there like uh, prerequisites? Or I mean, are there classes that? I think it's got to be a predetermined thing for everyone because, I mean, and that's kind of opposite my own inclination mm -hmm. because I love I love being in the higher class. I love being in the specialized class. I right. went to all these schools where I made up my own thing. Mm -hmm. There would be a, an element of agency in determining how all of these curricula unfold, mm -hmm. but it's also very much about, I mean, I think may, maybe it would be like the first three or four months, everyone does the same thing, mm -hmm. and then you splinter yeah. a little more, and you see how much alone time you need, because some people need a lot of alone time, and some people don't need very much, yeah. and you want, I would want it to be about, you know, work and progress and everything, but also just about the joy of being together. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about experiences I've had at places like Jurassic, you talk to me like the first time I went to Jurassi, I just couldn't believe that I was in this group of 12 people. And admittedly, we were very lucky, like we were very well matched, yeah. but we all got along and we loved to be with each other. And so there was the joy of being alone with your work. And then there was the joy of going and seeing these other people to be able to create that, even though there would obviously be people who hated each other and people who were bad personalities and people who just like weren't cut out for it. But I would want to make a space big enough where those people could be okay, too. And it's like, okay, you need your alone time? That's fine. No one's going to bother you. My grad school experience was very similar to this, that we had you know, mostly predetermined classes, and we would move as a cohort. But there were opportunities to break off and do your own thing. And yeah. it really, I mean, it really creates strong bonds if everyone has to be in a place and people shine in different scenarios you know like yeah, yeah I, I it's sort of like um, a residency or like a doctor's residency where you have to sort of try out yeah. surgery and pediatric you have to try all the things and then you'll ultimately specialize yeah um, and in terms of like duration like you said three to four months like 12 weeks um, is like, is 12 weeks, 16 weeks? Like, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, 12, 16 weeks. And then you pick your, your project mm -hmm. or your specialization. Mm -hmm. And so there would be room for people to collaborate or work solo. Mm -hmm. For me, it's pretty important to work solo. Right, like right. I like the collaborative side of like teaching and administering and yeah, organizing yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there would be an event schedule, readings, sharing right. work, performances, um, yeah, I just think about all these things like I just want to create as much space for joy as mm. possible. Mm -hmm. Some people do artist residencies and don't do work. They just go to have their minds free. Mm. They can do work in their lives, but they, they don't have that time to just be in their cell in themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very hungry for some sort of experience like that. An artist res residency. I really want you that. You got to do one. I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. I mean, you know the story of me and artist residencies. The first time I did one, it was kind of like something I was doing because writers seemed to do it and it seemed to be a good thing to do to indicate that you were a serious writer. And then the more I and I and I felt very weird about them. And I I don't think I will ever be one of those writers who only works at residencies. I have met these people. Um, it's cool. It's just so like black and white. Yeah. But they came to be something that I really treasured. I mean, you do get a lot of work done and that's amazing, yeah. but it's not, it's not just that. It's like, what other thing exists where you're alone with yourself? Yeah. And I always have a whole emotional cycle with residencies. I'm like really sad the first few days, even though it's like a huge honor to be there. Mm -hmm. 
and then like I get into it and I work and maybe I make a friend and that's really fun and nice and then but then like by the end my like my patience for the whole thing kind of expires before the residency does in the last couple days I'm just like okay I want to go and admittedly the ones that I've liked a lot I've had less get me out of here but you know I think there's something so revitalizing and recalibrating about departing your surroundings and then coming back. I mean, when I came back from Mendocino this time, and that was kind of an ad hoc residency that I put together myself. I wasn't part of an institution. I was just doing a lot of house sits. Um, I had achieved what I wanted to. And I came back. And in a way, I mean, I just find that my work, I, I have these weird things happen a lot where I feel like my work presages my life. And maybe that's true. Maybe there's a mystical thing there. But I think what it really is, is that working makes me really, really conscious of how I live. And thus, I see the connections everywhere. And when I feel bad in my life, when I feel hopeless and depressed, it's when I can't see the connections, when there's no, there's no map, there's no neural network, there's just like this thing happens, and then this thing happens, and who the fuck knows, right? And so I came back, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, it's just weird. Like months of your life can pass and you feel like nothing's that different. And then you can have like even just a few days and you're like, everything's different. And I felt really overwhelmed by like all of my stuff. Like I got to deal with my stuff and like, I like my stuff and I love my apartment. And then I just, you know, I just saw like space that could exist and you helped me with it this morning by helping me clean up a little bit and of course when I came home there was still a day before I knew that I was going to be moving soon right but it's like I feel like that desire where I was like oh I gotta clear some stuff out yeah presaged the reality of like a huge clearing right and you know maybe I would felt that way if I hadn't gone away and the reason I went away was to finish my revision but like it all worked together yeah so I want to create that space for people Mm mm-hmm but also for them to to emerge with material accomplishments that help them remember that part of themselves, some piece of work. So we're going to have some courses on art forms, clearly. So there's mm-hmm. writing, there's theater, there's visual art, painting, sculpture, ceramics, land art, poetry. Um, performance. Performance. Uh, probably, you know, healing arts opportunities, mm-hmm. yoga, Reiki, sound bath experience. We had a lovely sound bath for the solstice yeah, we last did. night. Um, I was so jealous of those women with like the fur yeah. blankets. I was, oh God, I love, they're just these beautiful people laying on furs in some strange LA Los Feliz warehouse. Yeah, shout out to Sacred Light in Los Feliz. Yeah. Go get your sound bath there. Yeah, it's really it's lovely. Um, but so I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering if there's some sort of, like, life admin moment or, like, I, because there's some support, like, in terms of, like, frankly, I would take a class on, like, decluttering or, like, mm. you know, uh, take a class on, like, how to, like, really connect, like, use your your networks to, like, leverage your career, you know? You know, back in the early 2000s, there was this TV show that my therapist told me about that was both totally ridiculous and kind of wonderful called Starting Over. Mm. It was, like, a reality show where they took these women and put them in a house and they, like, they got the works like it was mainly a lot of therapy, but then like vocational training. And it was, it was a pretty good hearted reality show. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't exploitative, which was also probably what was kind of boring. 
it had its moments. But anyway, that that appealed to me. Mm. I mean, I think maybe they got makeovers, but like the makeovers were the least of it. Right. And oftentimes I've thought, you know, if academe doesn't work out, I'd like to be like a, a reader, like Life Path, path Witch, who mm. like meets with people and prescribes them books. Okay. So I think there'd be an element of that. I mean, to me, therapy is all. And my God, if we could give people like a bunch of Jungian analysts, analysis, and then you also love, just like... You love Jung. I, I do love Jung. Yeah. And also some, uh, you know, just some really great like talk therapy. Like I think you need both. I think you need like the dream regression, dream work, like interior confrontation of, of Jungian work. Mm. And you also need like a real practical like social worker who or you know, doesn't have to be a social or somebody with that kind of training right who's just like okay but you know that's great that in your dream you saw a lion and that lion is your strength and i support that but also what are we going to do with your hoarding problem right and to see the meeting of those two things because a lot of life i think a lot of fear for me comes from feeling like my higher self and my lower self can't meet yeah and so i want people to feel a holism in themselves from this experience mm -hmm. something they take with them because they don't leave it there you know the sad thing about a residency or a summer camp or whatever when you're leaving is you're like oh i had so much joy here and what's going to happen to it when mm -hmm. i'm gone mm -hmm. and it's very hard to feel like you take it with you but you right. do yeah so i almost feel like the last like three to four months of the year would be preparation for reintegration yeah i think maybe people go on r and r and go home for a weekend and then come back and unpack it because, like, getting out of, I mean, I re-entry into your life can be really painful and difficult. And yeah. You want that to be joyous, too. Yeah. You want that to be like a, like, oh, I get to go home. Yeah. And whoever's waiting for you there and your job or your pet or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and to recognize the value of the life that you li lived before. Because leaving your life like that is meaningless if you're just like, well, this new life I have here is great. Fuck my old life. Like, that, you don't learn anything from that. No. That's that's what they call pulling a geographic in AA, mm. where you just pick up and go somewhere else to deal with your problem. Mm. Um, what, do, what do we call this? I mean, I, I'm thinking about, like, there is this beautiful metaphor of, like, preparing to take a thing with you, building a thing to take with you, like mm. building a ship or mm -hmm. building a, a wagon or building, you know, building this thing, working. I mean, I know what I want to call it. What's that? Um, the Spirit Blood Clinic. The Spirit Blood Clinic. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me about that. I don't like that. Spirit blood is a is a phrase from Mary Gates Gill's Veronica. Okay. Among the most important, if not the most important book I've ever read. Um, and it's just a notion that is contradictory, but to me makes sense. How can there be spirit blood? Spirits are immaterial. Blood is utterly material. Right. But we all need spirit blood. And when I was... When I was thinking about rebranding as this kind of reader, I was... It was my service or whatever it was going to be called like spirit blood magic or spirit blood readings. Okay. Um, obviously it's heavy on the woo, but you know, listen, I wonder, uh, I, I, as a, that's why we have clinic clinics, a, nice and no, no clinics horrible. It's horrible. Okay, it does. It does just kind of sound like, so uh, we can have, we can have, we can have a spirit blood like center within <laughs> like on this, this campus. What about the spirit blood yurt? Yeah, we can have a spirit blood yurt, but the thing is not called like. Fine. You're not gonna put that. I'm not gonna put spirit blood clinic on like a postcard <laughs> and like mail it to you know my people. 
Like that, I I also like don't you know I accept your smoke and tears. Smoke and tears. No, all right, that's terrible. Again, that just sounds it's a like it's a good bad workshop. Visit with grandma. It's a great um, workshop. Okay, uh, within um, uh, within what this thing is, uh, Spirit Blood Clinic. So I, I another mean, place we could have it would be at the Integratron. Okay. They rent out the Integratron. Oh, in the it's like the sound bath dome. Yeah, receiving dome. Yeah. Um. Okay. Like there's this, you know, retreat, right? Is is not exactly it. Like the I I think I've talked about like what is the opposite of retreat? Attack, you know. Well, I mean, residency colony. All right, I like the idea of a colony. No, not the colony. I mean, you know, you, you Lisa Lacasio, who like bullied your poor undergraduates about like you know their failure to understand the like, colonial. Uh, I wasn't bullying anyone. I was just saying, you know, like well, shit just got real, y'all. Right, right, right. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it's I'm I think it's important to like to you know beat some colonial uh, knowledge into people's heads. Uh, but so colony, I mean, it's sort of you could say like bees, but to me, there's too much uh, residue for colony um like you know residency camp there is you know studio the studio but but the thing is like you you're 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 building this thing like i this this idea that you are going to this place to build something to fortify you for the rest of your life you know what i mean you are taking some time to literally build this spirit home spirit home spirit home um you know, like, and to take it with you, it's like a collapsible home. It's a portable home. It's a, it's a heart home. It's a hard home. Oh, God. Soul work center? Soul work center, no. No. Um, I mean, home is powerful. Something home. Um, what if it was just, it can't really work, but like, just like home space school. Home school. Hmm. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Home school. Problem would be making sure people knew it wasn't about being homeschooled. Well, but it's for, you know, it's for adults, right? So what is there, is there a, like... Soul school, dun, dun, spirit home school, school. So there's school. Like there's a, you could add like a two-syllable word in front of home school. I feel like, or like something home school. Da, 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 da. And I feel like that would be like to really make it. Well, I think I think since we have two campuses, it'd be Redwood Homeschool and Desert Homeschool. Hmm. That's nice. That is nice. I like that. Hmm. Redwood. Okay. And then you know, if we had like a satellite, Connecticut or something, it would be whatever. It'd be Devil's. Dev- what is it? Satan's, Satan's kingdom. kingdom. Satan's homeschool. kingdom homeschool. Yeah, that's nice. So the place and the what it is. Yeah. Homeschool. Yeah. To learn about how to live in your home better. Yeah. Hmm. Nice, Lise. And we'd give full scholarships so it wouldn't become the worst iteration of what we know these things can be. Yeah. yeah Shout out to Esselin. Yeah. <laughs> Lise, do you have any questions for me? Well, mm. with me, your old friend, what is your cozy zone of Lisa? Oh, man. Like, well, okay, so where, it has to be, it has to be Teodore. Oh, my God. It has to be. Oh, my God, it doesn't even exist anymore. 
No. So it was like, so New York, I mean, you know, I've started this podcast because I think you agree with me that New York is just this, like, horrendous, like... Convulsing. Like a dragon's crotch, you know? (laughs) Like, it's like... Horrendous. This is horrendous. I think in some cases a dragon's crotch might be preferable. <laughs> At least it's warm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel you. So, you know, you need like, and fucking NYU is filled with people from Long Island and LA and like, we're just these two Midwestern hearts, you yeah, know, just, wanting. Just gooey. Wanting love. you Such know, have, the goo. Have so, or just brimming with love, brimming with generosity. And I, I feel like I might have, did I find it with you? Did we discover it together? This like upstairs, like I think we might have prairie barn. With this place, I mean, which doesn't exist anymore, and I don't know how it ever did. To be honest, it was it was off Union Square mm-hmm. on Thirteenth Street on Thirteenth Street, like in and sixth, fifth, 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 between Fifth and Sixth, and it was a Japanese-run French tea house. Yeah, and it was so lo-fi like everything the menu was either printed like 15 years ago on like a printer with those those margins that you pulled off the perforated margins Mm -hmm. or there were all these like handwritten adorable signs they had a tiny kitchen like the size of the closet in this room in which they were making everything in like two toaster ovens and on on a like kitchen stove and Sometimes you would go and you couldn't get in because it would be packed. You you walked through the kitchen and went upstairs. And, oh, my God, that place. The yeah. food was never anything other than amazing it was and exactly what you needed. Amazing. Uh, yeah, the beautiful croque madames, beautiful, like, You remember the sandwiches. super croque? Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, the super croque. Or, like, one time I got just, like, the salami sandwich, and that was also transcendent. Yeah, no, it was, everything was perfect. And you would get these huge pots of, like, beautiful Incredible tea. Incredible tea. Um... And, you know, very sweet Japanese wait staff. And there was the, the, to use the bathroom, you would have to go through the kitchen. Yeah. And everyone was like, would, would kind of like chuckle or cluck yeah. at you as yeah. you passed. And, you know, and the upstairs was like this, this like French prairie barn. Yeah. With, and there were like six tables. Yeah. And sometimes we would go and we'd just wait. My sister, I mean, my sister just like went to that place all the time until they closed. And on the day they closed, I don't know if you saw that picture she took, Mm -mm. but they had just left one of their inimitable notes that was just like, thank you so much. Like, we love you. This has been wonderful. Um, I remember I took my family there. Axel and I both had internships. I was at FSG and he was at Grove Mm -hmm. and we went there. I would say that that, at that point we almost went there too much because we would go there for for Mm -hmm. lunch like every day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what... Like, it was never anything other than fantastic. Yeah. And I never felt... I think one thing that you and I have in common that I'm really grateful for is as much as it sucks to be as painfully emotional and deeply nostalgic and sentimental as I am, I've taken few things for granted in my life. I'm, like, very aware of how transitory things are how time passes and that's really painful for me and I often wish I could be a little different and be somebody who's like yeah I don't know baby maybe I'll see you again sometime who knows instead of being like maybe in eight months we can make sure that we are in the same train station just for an hour because I love you so much (laughs) but um I'd rather be that way and always feel the whole value of everything than not that's a gift to me that's something that I'm really really grateful for I agree. Please, thank you 
for this this chat. Thank you. Thanks for putting me up. All the time. Um, it was so hot. It was just horribly hot. Um, but uh, it didn't really matter. I, I wasn't unhappy. How many how many crazy environments have we found ourselves in? How many weird places have we gone together? Every every place. Yeah. Every place. Every place. It's cool. Yeah, London. London. Uh, my body is in still in utter pain from the Pilates class you took me to. Unbelievable pain. Jam on that. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, Lisa, uh, looking forward to your new adventures, and uh, you'll have to Thank you. you have to invite me to your Middleton cozy zone. Oh, you best believe. Yeah. I'll be the first person who gets the invite. Nice. Uh, I love you a lot. I love you too. Uh, best of luck. Thank you. Uh, with everything. Thank you. You too, man. All right. See you. Okay. See you right after this. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber. This has been Side E of Episode 50, Lisa Lacasio and the Altar Room. Check out Cozy Zone on your favorite social media outlets. That may include Facebook. You can like the Cozy Zone Foundation, the page that represents the beautiful foundation that makes all of these incredible collaborations possible. Follow me at Ben Weber Projects on Instagram. I have some pictures. They're cute. And I tweet sometimes. So go to twitter.com backslash at Cozy Zones, hashtag Cozy Zone. Ben Weber is my name, and Twitter is the place where I go sometimes and put messages in about 140 characters or less. Uh, please stay tuned next time. We have Terrence Brown on the program. I went to Planet Fitness to try to work out with him and watch the amazing formation of his gorgeous muscles, and we, we really got into it, and I unlocked uh, some secrets of his heart, which were fascinating. Uh, I cannot wait for that. Um, I'll be publishing some figment footage also. Thanks so much for being a fan. Lots of love to you. Talk to you soon. We are intimately finding our peaceful cozy zone. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone.